welcome to the Best of the Left podcast, with clips today from Rachel Maddow, The Young Turks, and Tom Hartman. was a right-wing conspiracy planned by the Israelis with the backing of America's oil lobby. Uh, some psychologists were also involved. The Knights Templar had a part to play, as did the MI5 and quite possibly Yale Skull and Bones Society, not to mention the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, Bush and Osama bin Laden share a banker, and in fact, all you've got to do is check out a special folding of a $20 bill in order to remove all doubt that this was a pre-planned attack orchestrated at the highest echelons of government to bring about a new world order. If our own government was responsible for the deaths of 100,000 people, you really want to know. What are V for Vendetta fans thinking when they're watching that plot unfold in that new blockbuster film? The conspiracy theories that surround the attacks of 9-11. Is even the fact that I'm calling them conspiracy theories making you mad right now? Then you should stay tuned. Joining us to talk about it this morning is New York Magazine contributing writer Mark Jacobson. He has a bit of a page turner, a very, very fascinating article on 9-11 conspiracy theories uh, in the March 20th issue of New York Magazine. Mark, thanks so much for being here thank you were you uh i have to wonder if you were worried about looking like a conspiracy theorist or looking crackpotty even pitching this story or did you uh did you know you wanted to do it i know i never worry about being crackpotty you know um <laughs> it's part of my job um no i didn't i thought it was just um you know just i mean all the things you mentioned before i i i don't endorse all those ideas. I just want to make that very clear. Of course, no, and, up front. I, and, and, I, and I, I, put, I put them all together in a string like that so that you could hear all the different. You know, there's so many different strands of things that have been mentioned. There's a lot of there's a huge range of conspiracy theories out there. That's one of the things that you lay out. You know, it's not just one thing that people think about 9/11. That's not the official story. There's a million different stories that people have come up with as as alternates to the official explanation. And some of them are kooky, and some of them aren't that kooky. Well, my feeling about this is that just because they're crazy doesn't mean they're wrong. I mean, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of the sense that you get. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like a perfect storm of uh, kind of like conspiracy and um, covering up the truth, which is the perfect uh, petri dish for what they, for lack of better terms, conspiracy theories, because we're operating um, as. Anybody who listens to the station will probably know we're in kind of a truth vacuum here. Yeah. So therefore, um, you know, um, makes you wonder. Makes you wonder how all these things happen. And when they still, and then when things come up like, well, the black boxes which were in the airplanes that crashed into the building, which are always recovered no matter how horrific the craft crashes, they couldn't find either one of them. Yet they find the passport of one of the passport, uh, one of the supposed hijackers. <coughs> Then you're uh, you're going, gee. It was made of kryptonite, weird. though, maybe, or something. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many of these things about this particular story that get you um, just, yeah, that's pretty weird. And then, um, and then, then when you look at the other side, as I mentioned in the article, I mean, no matter how crazy you might think this stuff is, these guys who are proponent of what they call the 9/11 Truth Movement do have they do have this one salient, irrefutable. <laughs> Poussant kind of um, thing on their side, like, would you believe anything that George Bush ever told you? So therefore, 
you know, from that point, you can go from there. It depends on how gullible, how imaginative, how skeptical, how cynical, or put any of those things together and about how far you go with this idea. That's one of the points that I think is, is it comes late in your story about the, the idea of uh, put forth by, by one of the 9-11 widows, one of the families, somebody, family members of somebody killed in 9-11 that says, you know what, the, the, we, we, we supported the 9-11 commission as a, as a way to prevent there from being conspiracy theories. But when the 9-11 commission didn't give us all the information that we wanted, because there isn't a lot of information out there that anybody trusts, because there's so much stuff that has never been discussed. There's never been a report on why Seven World Trade Center fell down in the va- in, in a vacuum, in a, in a fact and truth vacuum. Where the, then stuff like this is going to rush in to fill that space. Well, I mean, this is the biggest single, you know, psychological and physical event that has occurred in since they blew up the atom bomb, at least in, in this country. Because mostly, for the most part, uh, Americans are kind of out of sight, out of mind when it comes to world events. But here's this thing happens right in our backyard. And for people living in New York, where we're living, um, you know, you don't have to go very far to find somebody who was either knew somebody was killed, uh, has a firehouse on their block, or, you know, this is very personal stuff. And people feel it more intensely. So the fact that you never, it was never really found out exactly what was going on there. And the 9 11 people are. The commission people are doing stuff like having Rumsfeld come in, and and he's saying things like, "Well, um, it wasn't really my responsibility to uh, figure out what's going on with that kind of thing, because like the Defense Department is in charge of defending America outside its borders, not inside its borders." And they're going, "Oh, thank you very much, sir." So, <laughs> so you get this kind of feeling like. Yeah, these guys really like, you know, are they overturning every stone or even every pedal or pebble or even any of this stuff? So. And New Yorkers specifically, one of the things you talk about is the poll data on what New Yorkers believe about 9-11. That's kind of an amazing statistic. Yeah, these guys, uh, the 9-11 people, they uh, commissioned a Zogby poll right during the Republican convention in 2004, and it came out that 40, 49.3% felt that they felt that the United States government and or some other mysterious, nefarious, shadowy forces might have had something to do with this, and it wasn't really Osama bin Laden and those 19 guys with boss cutters. 49, more than 49% of New Yorkers don't believe the official story about 9-11. That's, well, at that point, yeah, I mean, and, you know, and, and you, know, you have to, I mean, these polls, I never believe the polls, really. I mean, I'm like Bush, I don't believe the polls. <laughs> but, um, you know, it depends on how the questions are asked and all kinds of stuff like that. But, um, and I, but I did my own personal poll. Um, asking basically the four declensions of what I would consider to be the basic boil down of this, um, you know, this this inquiry. Now you can take the test yourself at home, you know, like you do in the ladies' magazines and stuff like this. So, scenario A would be the official theory. In other words, 19 guys with box cutters, um, guy in cave, um, evildoer freedom hater who sends uh, them out and they crash the plane into the building. And as Ari Fleischer, who was Bush's uh, secretary, uh, press secretary at the time, said, there's no warning. That's the A scenario. Right. In other words, the official story, what, they, what the 9-11 people call um, the official conspiracy story. <laughs> then there's B. B is um, you take all that stuff I just said about the 19 guys and you add um, U.S. government incompetence, arrogance, stupidity, whatever you want to say, you know, and then saying that um, 
all these different warnings and, and the fact that they were tracking these guys and that August 6th memorandum and all this kind of stuff like that, that somehow they just missed it. You know, then there's C. Now we're getting a little closer to... Um, now we're getting to the stuff that gets people very nervous. You're going to say... <laughs> to even acknowledge that these things are out there, even though tons of people believe them. But still, no, yeah. Yeah, people, believe, people believe all kinds of stuff. Oh, I yeah. think talk radio is all about. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but uh, the thing is, um, so C is what they call lie hop, at least in the, in the, in the trade here, um, which is, means let it happen on purpose. In other words... Elements of the United States government and or shadowy private sector people, fill in the blank, um, knew about this plan and let it happen. They more or less, you know, gave it a pass. That's called a new Pearl Harbor scenario. That it was perpetrated by the people who we think perpetrated it, but it was allowed to happen even yeah, though they could have stopped they, it. They, they, turned their, they turned their back, you know, because they knew it suited their policy goals. And then there's the kind of um, what they call my hop, which is basically the people I was writing about which means made it happen on purpose. Those same elements of the government and or private sector people were actively involved in planning it and executing the uh, event. And these are the folks that you hear a lot about in terms of the, there's the thing that I have been lobbied on incessantly with lots of people trying to get me to talk about this theory that it was a, it was a missile that hit the Pentagon, not a plane, that it was uh, explosives that brought down um, uh, Seven World Trade Center, certainly, and, and the other buildings as well. Um, that uh, the, the flight nine, you know, the flight ninety three that was wasn't really flight ninety three, and all, you know, a, a lot of stuff like that. There's there's a million different a strands of, of it. I get lobbied on this stuff all the time. Well, I mean, well, you know, we just talked about it. I mean, of those four scenarios, which one are you going to pick? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, like things like I'll tell you, it's like in my little informal poll, I found it was kind of an interesting race and class analysis. You know, almost every single white person with a straight job. Pick B. In other words, the incompetency theory, mostly on the fact that, like, you know, they're Bush haters. They want to believe that he's they're involved, but they can't really bring themselves to believe that the United States government would, like, um, be involved in, in, in the willful murder of 3,000 people. Yeah. So um, they pick that. And then, but however, among sort of, like, uh, Shadier, you know, people that I hang around with sometimes. So you get white people that pick pick C, but of the of this twenty two black people that I asked, people, you know, African Americans, seventeen pick C. Yeah. So, you know, to, what does that tell you? It's <laughs> about people's propensity and willingness to believe that the government could do something willfully, really awful. But almost everybody, almost every almost every African American that I asked cited Katrina as as a contributing factor to. Uh, they're feeling that, like, you know, you saw people die on TV and they weren't doing anything about it. So, therefore, you know, what are they really capable of? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just the compiler of this information. When you started <laughs> compiling this information, were you an A, B, C, or D? Where were you on that line? Well, I was always... I was always, you know, I was basically a B guy. Did, but, it, you know, did talking to all these people change you? Did it push you down the number line? Push me, to, push me closer to C than I was before, I'll tell you that. Really? But, um, you know... I mean, who would have thought that Franklin Roosevelt knew about Pearl Harbor? I mean, you know, is this true or not? I mean, it's the guy's dead. How are you going to figure that out? But the thing is, like, you know, now the historical point of view is that Franklin Delano Roosevelt knew about Pearl Harbor before, and he allowed it to happen because he thought it was a good idea for the United States to get into World War II to beat Hitler, which, in retrospect, you know, that's kind of a tough call, isn't it? So, like, you know... 
<laughs> but I mean, like it, uh, these kind of things happen all the time, all the time. I don't know enough about the FDR thing to talk to you about, to argue with you about that <laughs> at this point. But I'm not arguing about it. I'm just stating it. Reporting People it. People believe that. It's I true. will say that your article in New York Magazine, whether or not you, whether or not you believe in the 9/11 conspiracy theories, whether wherever you feel like you are on that number line uh, of, of skepticism about the official story about 9/11, what's really useful about your article, Mark, is that it puts those different strands that we've all heard out, kind of categorizes them. You kind of give the, the world's greatest encyclopedia entry on these different strands of thought. Helped me understand it a lot better. I'm not sure it changed the way I think about anything, but I feel like uh, we can't keep going on complaining uh, and pretending oh, that people don't believe this stuff. We, we like to know what's going on out there in people's minds anyhow, and these people are far from crazy or stupid. So... There it is. Mark Jacobson is a contributing writer at New York Magazine. His article is The Ground Zero Grassy Knoll. A new generation of conspiracy theorists is at work on a secret history of New York's most terrible day. It is in the March 20th issue of New York Magazine. Thanks for being here, Mark. Thank you. You know, on the World Trade Center 7, honestly, I don't have a good answer for that. And for those of you who don't know what that is that everybody keeps referring to, uh, it wasn't just the two twin towers that came down on 9-11. There are many other smaller buildings around in the World Trade Center complex. One of them is World Trade Center number 7. And that also came down on the same day, and it was never hit. And so... I don't know, maybe those giant twin towers falling had something to do with it. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> I hear people on two different sides of it saying, well, if it, it planes really hit it and it wasn't an internal uh, fixed demolition of the twin towers, then so many buildings around it would have been blown up. But then I hear people saying, well, World Trade Center 7, that was right next to it, blew up for no reason. Well, you do, can't have it both know, ways. Do you know why people tell that story? Because I was... I was in New York at the time. We were all freaking out on, like, 14th Street and 6th Avenue. Like, oh, my God. You know, watching. And then when the first one went down, they announced on the news, like, all the live footage. So like, whoa, it looks like the, another building's blown up. There's, like, a demolition on the ground. Because they didn't realize the way the building was collapsing that it was, in fact, the building collapsing that they were seeing. And I remember all of us at the time in New York, they're like, oh, my God, they're blowing up other buildings. Let's get the hell out of here and, like, go to the Upper West Side or something. Uh, I hear you. The only person who was doing the opposite was, of course, none other than Dave Kohler, executive producer extraordinaire, who was like, oh, cool, they're blowing up. <laughs> oh, did, he, did he walk? Did Dave walk down there? He was in New York at the time, and he was taking a, what is it, a bus down there, Dave? Not cool, but like, I got to see what's happening. Dave, what the, you're an eyewitness to the event. Get over here. Tell us about the conspiracy. What's the matter with you? we got so many calls, this is going to take the whole hour. All right, everybody, just calm down for a second. Well, Dave. I will admit, I was an eyewitness, and I didn't see the planes going to the building. I saw the planes. Ah I maybe, saw the planes going to the building. Maybe it was because I was on the other side of the building, or maybe it was because there was no plane. <laughs> Shut up. You don't believe that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dave, by the way, the, also the world's greatest skeptic. And so the my guess is the very, very last man on, on planet Earth that would believe that it's a nine conspiracy theory is Dave Kohler. Uh, so, Dave, uh, you did what you do? You took a bus down when you heard about the first plane hitting or something? Yeah. By the time I got off the bus, both buildings had been hit, and I said, what's going on? And I went to get closer. I walked closer. Oh, you walked closer. Yeah, it's good, uh, good thinking. Right. Way to go. Well, I thought the worst was over. 
<laughs> See, again, skeptic. The first one hits, and he's like, nah, they won't hit a second one. The second one hits, he thinks, nah, it'll get better, not worse. You know, mm-hmm. just, but at that time, you happen to be right. So what happened when you walked closer? I, reason prevailed. I didn't walk all the way there, fortunately, or people would have been falling on my head. I walked to like five blocks away. I just sat down, and then one of the buildings came down, and I got the hell out of there. You, did you get covered in the... Yeah. You yeah. did? Oh, wow. We should have taken a picture of that. Man, that's weird. All right. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. Dave Kohler, eyewitness on the uh, five blocks away from the World Trade Center, says it, says it didn't happen. He didn't see the planes. <laughs> all right. Let's go to Eric in Pennsylvania on line one. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. Um, all right. I have two explanations on if the government planned it, why they would hit the pan. Number one... Um, whip up support for, for the, from the military because they know they're going into Iraq, so, you know, got to get them to hate the Arabs and stuff. And two, if you're going to hit a government building, you can't hit the White House or the Capitol because then they can't pass their tax cuts and stuff. But you can get away with saying uh, a plane hit the Pentagon when you hit it with the cruise missile because it's such a strong building. Isn't it designed to withstand a nuclear attack? So, you know, you could kind of fudge that one more than anything well if we learn anything from 9-11 we learned that the pentagon is not designed to withhold a, a nuclear attack that that building is going down it's going down you know that though <laughs> what's that you, i mean how do you know how that that missile that hit that the pentagon must have had a really strong explosive on it to cause that much damage because there was a lot of damage and it definitely looked like a cruise missile and when you look at the video it looks like it's exploding before it even hits the building uh, okay. yeah but but who's jeb gonna, bush is in construction too it? maybe that's why he's in florida jeb bush is in construction that's a new one i no, love no no but listen but listen here's 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 the thing with the conspiracy theories on hitting the pentagon the uh-huh. people that would have to bomb the pentagon would be like the same people working in the pentagon that's right like, you know the militaries are it's actually not that big. It's pretty small and they all know each other and it's like the thought the thought that you would bomb your own people, it's like it's just it's a non starter for me. It's nobody really? would Okay, do that. have you ever read the newspaper? Uh, yeah, uh, I think I have. Yeah, I've read a newspaper. Good question. Do you ever hear about, like, guys who get sh- shot because they got robbed for $50? You know, people for money and power, they'll, they'll slice your mother's throat in front of you, you know? They don't care. You think they care? They don't care about us. It's so obvious. It's obvious. It, I can it's say obvious. it probably costs more than $50 to hit the Pentagon. Okay. It's also, <laughs> look, it's, it's just the type of person you have who's going to reach the level where he's going to be able to set all this stuff up. It, it's it, the money doesn't matter that much. If they were into money, they wouldn't be in the military. Oh, no. Hundreds of billions of dollars don't matter, right? Well, no big the person wouldn't get hundreds of billions of dollars. Look, really? I have an answer for all this. Eric, thank you for the call. And it's obvious that, uh, as you said, everything you said is obvious. Um, now, uh, you know, Olson uh, is one of the most conservative guys in the country, right? Uh, Ted Olson yeah. uh, worked for the Bush Justice Department. His wife was on one of the planes. And you say that to people and say, what about that? And, of course, the conspiracy theorists say, aha. First of all, every, the answer to everything is, aha. <laughs> okay. Second of all, you say, why? But you see, they had to have one person on there so they could pretend. You see this? We had a conservative's wife. And, and so, yeah, Olson must have volunteered for the cause. I'm like, Took yeah. one for the team. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So where is she? Right. Nobody has an answer for where she is. She's in the Bahamas, or they killed her, or she took one for the team. I, 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 I just, you can't buy it. It's like, look, 
first rule of humanity, people are stupid. We're all stupid and incompetent. There's no way they could pull this off. Like, you want to know who wins wars? The least incompetent side. That's who wins. That's who wins everything. Absolutely right. All right, guys. More calls. You know what I feel like? I feel like today, for some reason, with all these calls and stuff... It should be Conspiracy Wednesday? Well, first of all, that's entirely true and slash obvious. If it, if it is actually Wednesday. <laughs> that was good. The Bushies don't want us talking about what did they know and when did they know it with regard to 9-11. They love it. They love it that we are debating whether or not that little blip of silver in that film that the Pentagon released was a missile or an airplane. They love it that we're debating whether or not there was uh, controlled detonations of the World Trade Buildings 1, 2, and 7. They love it that we are speculating about, about the kinds of things that they can, which, whether or not they're true, and I, again, I've, I'll tell you, I'm agnostic on this. I, 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 having spent 17 years working on the Kennedy assassination, I know that they're, you know, you can, you can come up with enough selective facts to basically convince anybody of anything. Because I've been there and I've been convinced of at least three different theories with regard to Kennedy, you know, before we really started to do the serious, the serious shoe leather research. And, and it's just, with regard to 9-11, as I said, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic. I, I do not have a particular theory, I, which is not to say that I don't, which is not to say that I believe the official story. I don't, not for a minute, because the official story is so full of holes and so incomplete. But I have to say I am convinced that the Bush administration wants nothing more, that or that there is nothing that they want more than for us to be sitting around discussing things that don't have to do with what I consider to be the fundamental question, the fundamental question of 9-11, which is, when did George W. Bush know that the attacks were going to happen? What level of detail did he have about when the attacks were going to happen and how they would happen and where they would happen? Who else in the administration had this level of knowledge? What did they know, and when did they know it? And did these attacks happen because they were allowed to happen? Or let me rephrase that. Were these attacks allowed to happen? Because we know that there were people inside the United States who knew this was coming. You had Colleen Rowley out there jumping up and down saying, Hey, we've got some information here, and the FBI going, yeah, Shut up and uh, you know, keep quiet. So were these attacks allowed to happen because of, A, good old garden variety incompetence on the part of our government, which, in my mind, is you know, one credible theory. There certainly is enough of it. Or, B, and, and certainly in the Bush administration. I mean, it's like you could ask the same question about New Orleans. Was New Orleans allowed to melt down and be destroyed because of incompetence of the Bush administration or because of malice, because they wanted to turn this into from a Democratic state into a Republican state? I could build a good case for either one of those two. And with regard to 9-11, was it allowed to happen because of incompetence on the part of the Bush administration? Or was it allowed to happen because the Project for New American Century 
signed off on by Don Rumsfeld, Dick Cheney, Richard Pearl, Fife, Doug Fife, Paul Wolfowitz, Jeb Bush, back in 1998 when he was being groomed to be president. They just hadn't reckoned on the power of Karl Rove wanting his guy to be the guy. Because Jeb Bush was the guy, he was the Bush who was supposed to be the next president, you know. They'd all, been in the party, they'd all largely written off George. He was, he was a dry drunk, he, had, he was AWOL when he was in the National Guard, he had that cocaine arrest back when he was a young'un, uh, he had these uh, drunk driving arrests, I mean, you know, it's, and, and he's not, he's never had a successful, he's never done anything successfully, everything he's touched has fallen apart. The one exception being the baseball team, and there it was successful because they kept him out of the way. Let him walk away with millions of dollars, but they kept him out of the way. So he was not the guy. He was not the Bush that the Republicans were grooming and the neocons were grooming to be the next president. It was Jeb. And Jeb signed off on the project for New Americans. And you can still find it on their website, newamericancentury.org, in 1998. And they came right out and said, you know, the, the invasion of Iraq is a necessary thing. I'm paraphrasing. But essentially, they said the, it was, it's important to the American national security to nail down our oil supply, to have a strong uh, international presence, a geopolitical strategic position, to protect our ally Israel, to protect, to protect our interests in the region. It is important that, that we have a, a large footprint there. And Saudi Arabia ain't it. They're all upset with us for the, for the few thousand soldiers that we had there that we put there in 1991 for the very first time. In fact, this guy Osama bin Laden's yelling that he's going to strike us in the United States if we don't get the soldiers out of there because it's holy ground and they're defiling it. So, what did Bush know? When did he know it? What did the Bush administration know? When did they know it? Dick Cheney, you'll recall, when, when, when the Bushes came into power, Dick Cheney was given two jobs to put together an energy policy for the United States, which he, he was working on, man, in, in March and April of 2001, long before 9-11. He was meeting with the executives of the oil company. He went to the Supreme Court to keep the names of these guys secret. But Judicial Watch was able, with a lawsuit, to at least pry out some of the paperwork from those meetings. And sure enough, there's a map of the country of Iraq with its oil fields carved up and identified. You can see all this over at JudicialWatch.org's website. And it's, and it's oil fields carved up and identified. And a list of countries and companies in those countries that might want to buy that oil. This is what Cheney was doing before 9-11. Planning on how they're going to sell the oil in Iraq after Iraq was conquered with the executives of the big oil industry in the United States. How can we jack up the profits for the oil industry in the United States? Well, we'll, we'll give them $12 billion in tax benefits and, and bonuses and rebate. We'll bring the nuclear guys in on this thing. Uh, wind power and solar, <laughs> what are they, hippies? No. So he was given responsibility for the energy policy, and he was given responsibility for counterterrorism. Dick Cheney. And his task force on counterterrorism, his anti-Osama bin Laden task force, never met before September of 2001. Never met. Now, was that intentional or incompetence? I, I, Judy Miller is what brings all this up for me. The, the reason I'm going off on this thing is because Judy Miller, there's a, an interview today. This is an exclusive to Alternet. You can find it over at alternet.org. 
Rory O'Connor and William Scott Malone wrote this piece. And they got this exclusive interview with Judith Miller and her editor at the Times, Stephen Engelberg. And they note that they both, both Judy Miller and Scott Engelberg remembered and regretted the story they didn't do. The story they didn't do? This is on, in 9-11. Turns out in July of 2001, July, August, September, this is three months before 9-11. In July of 2001, Judy Miller's getting information that something's coming. In fact, what she's being told is that on July 4th, there's a good chance that something's coming, that the U.S. is going to get hit. She said in this interview, she said, I had begun to hear rumors about intensified intercepts and tapping of telephones, but that was just the vaguest kind of rumors in the street, indicators. I remember the weekend before July 4th, 2001 in particular, because for some reason the people who were worried about al-Qaeda believed that that was the weekend that there was going to be an attack on the United States or on a major American target somewhere. It was going to be large well-coordinated attack. Because of the July 4th holiday, this was the ideal opportunistic target and date for Al-Qaeda. Now, if Judy Miller knew that in July of 2001, are you trying to tell me that George Bush didn't know that? And if he did know that, why didn't he do a damn thing about it? Why didn't they, why didn't they start putting sky marshals on airplanes? Why didn't they harden the cockpit doors? Why didn't they raise security levels at the airports? Uh, aside from the fact that they had privatized all that and they had people running the security at the airports who were making a little less than managers of Burger King. But why didn't they do any of this stuff? Why didn't they go to the American people and say, you know, do you know anything about that? We think that there's these guys from Al-Qaeda. You know, do you have any suspicious guys? You know, why didn't they do any of that? Could it be because 9-11 was actually the thing that they really needed? That it was actually very useful for them? Judy Miller goes on to say, my sources also told me at the time that there had been a lot of chatter overheard. I don't know specifically what that meant, but a lot of talk about an impending attack at one time or another. And the intelligence community seemed to believe that at least part of the attack was going to come on July 4th. So I remember for a lot of my sources, this was going to be a lost weekend. Everyone was going to be working. Nobody was going to be taking time off. She's talking about her sources inside the counterterrorism community. She refers to it as the CT people and the intelligence community. And she says, that's bad news for me, because it meant I was going to have to be on standby. I'd be working, too. And then she talks about how on 9-11, she's in New York, and when the second plane hit the second tower, she goes, oh, my God, this is it. This is what they told us about back in July. Now, if they told her about it, why didn't they tell George Bush about it? Or if they did, why didn't he do anything about it? And uh, I'm relatively new to your show. I do like it. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying, before you uh, say that I'm a radical left-wing nut, I am a conservative, and I'm going to say that um, I do believe, after watching the evidence, that uh, this administration is responsible for the 9-11 attacks. And I'm wondering if you guys have seen the Dylan Avery uh, loose change videos. 
Uh, I, I don't look, know. I, I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of nine uh, eleven uh, conspiracy videos. I, I don't know what they're called. I don't know if I do seen the uh, do a Google for uh, loose change video. No, no, the no. I thing. got you. I got you. Yeah, look, believe me, people send it. Stuff. Yeah, people send us the loose change stuff all the time. Let me ask okay. you a number of real quick questions, and please try to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay. What happened to uh, the plane that went into the Pentagon? Uh, did they secretly land that somewhere, kill everyone on board, and get rid of the plane? That, that's a great question. There is a, there is a report from Cleveland that there was a news station out there that said Flight 93 was landing. Um, you know, no, uh, 93 was the one in Pennsylvania, but you're saying the one that... Oh, oh yes, yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that one, that, that had landed. That it had Where landed, so do you know. think they, but we butchered everyone on board just to keep That's up the... That's hard to say, but, but if we butchered the people in the towers... Why not the, the people in the planes? I don't know what okay. happened to them. All right. And, Let and me that's ask a great you this. question to ask. Okay, I hear you. Let me ask you a second last quick question. Uh, were the Did we trick the Muslims on uh, board at least the two planes that crashed into the World Trade Centers to become suicide bombers for us? Because those planes definitely went into those buildings. I'm going to tell you those weren't even filled with passengers. Those were drone planes. If you check out the video, you'll see that the second plane that came in was loaded with uh, other equipment on the bottom of the plane. Um, all right, final question for you. I got you. Go ahead. You just said the planes that flew into the World Trade Center were they, filled they, with passengers? They were drone, they were drone military argument, planes. There's an argument that uh, that people who believe what Tim believes, uh, believe that uh, that those were not filled with passengers, that they were what's called drone planes, and that if you look up uh, at pictures taken from the bottom, that those are not standard. Those are not sure. the bottom of standard what, what happened, uh, airline, commercial airline 750. Tim, what happened to my friend that, that, ki- that got killed in one of those planes? Did they? I, I don't know what happened, but let me make this very important point. All three of those buildings were the only buildings in the history of modern of modern steel and concrete structures that came down in free fall fashion, reportedly because of fire. And of course. I'm, I said three because there's Building Seven, which nobody talks about. I know. Building I know all about Building okay. Seven. Okay. I'm, I'm with you, Tim. Last question for you. Okay. Okay. So okay. we landed all those planes, butchered everybody on board, did the drone planes and the missiles, etc. I got all that. So uh, United 93, there are. The, the passengers called home, called authorities, called United, and said uh, Arab men have taken over the plane, and they've got a bomb that turned out to be a fake bomb, et cetera, et cetera. So what so happened there? Yeah, well, have, have you heard any of those calls for yourself? I haven't, um, and I know that if you look at the video immediately following the crash, the helicopter videos and photographs, there's no plane that crashed in that field. There's no tail section, no fuselage, no wings, no luggage, no people. There's nothing. Uh, well, I hate to break this to you, but the families of the people who were actually on the other end of that call, Tim, on the other end of that call, actually Correct. received those calls and talked to their family members before they died. Absolutely. So it's well, a little hard to dispute that. I know you've got a theory hard for to it. Accept this. It's very hard to check out the videos. And watch it. There, there's a conspiracy that goes beyond anything you guys have ever seen behind this. And I'm, right. not, I'm not a lefty here. I, I voted you. for Bush. I, I voted for Bush. All right, well, so that Tim, makes you crazy on two counts. All right, Tim, I'm, Tim, I'm sorry about that. I, I hope, uh, <laughs> Thank you, I hope uh, you'll uh, continue listening to the program. Uh, my hunch is you won't. Uh, you're crazy. You're wrong on every single count. And you do an enormous disservice to the people who lost their lives on September 11th. Uh, that is bunk. That is nonsense. All of it is untrue. Not one section, not one thing that you said is even remotely true. And your willingness to believe it <clears throat> is disturbing on any number of levels. Uh, there is an answer, a good, logical, scientific answer for everything you suggest. The nonsense about the undercarriage of the plane. Yeah, I looked at those pictures. They're the blurriest pictures ever taken in the history of mankind. 
Um, uh-huh. we, don't, we haven't done a lot of tests of what happens when a plane loaded with jet fuel right after takeoff at 400 miles an hour or faster runs into a building. Uh, and or runs into the Pentagon. And the fact is, the people on the ground on the on I-395 in Washington, D.C., who saw the plane, who were driving into the Pentagon, the people who survived the attack and said a plane came into my office, the earlier pictures, which I've seen, which everyone has seen, which shows bits and pieces of the plane on the grounds of the Pentagon, uh, that should tell you something. Uh, there is an you answer. You mean the drone plane? <laughs> there are no drone planes. Those were all planes with passengers on them who died horrible deaths, including, uh, uh, and though some of that has not been released publicly, so we don't hear the audio, but reporters have heard it, and they've written it down. So I guess they're in the conspiracy, too, of flight attendants saying, oh, my God, we're flying so low. We're over New York. I'm seeing the buildings. I think they're going to run this into a building. We're too low. We're too low. Uh, the guy on the second plane, after the first had crashed, who called, and his dad told him about the first plane, and he said, Dad, I think they're going to run this into a building like they did the first one. Don't worry, Dad. It'll be quick. I love you. You're doing a grave disservice to those people uh, when you spew that nonsense. And if you don't listen to the show, we're going to survive. Uh, everybody who's uh, a proponent of the 9-11 conspiracy, warm up your typewriters and warm up your emails and get ready to send them to theyoungturks.com. Uh, those people, uh, uh, the, fa- the family members of United 93, did not make up the phone calls they received before their family members died. And, and I mean, United 93, because the passengers sort of were able to thwart the plane crashing into the probably the Capitol, maybe the White House, but probably the Capitol. Um, that one has gotten a lot more attention, but the people made phone calls from all the planes. Thanks for listening, everybody. I just want to explain for a minute what's going to be going on for the next uh, few weeks or months. Uh, After switching over to a new server system for the show, uh, all of the archives were not in the feed anymore. So, you know, you can kind of still get them from the website. But uh, even I have not figured out if you can actually download them from the website, but you can stream them. So it's a big pain in the ass. So anyways, uh, I have my crack staff working on it around the clock. And uh, over the next uh, several weeks, probably, uh, you know, uh, uh, just a few at a time, uh, all of the archives will now be put back in the feed on the new server so you know if you heard them when they came out the first time then that's not terribly exciting for you but if you're a new listener uh, be aware that uh, you know i didn't even bother to count but although if you find me now uh, you know you might think i only have about eight episodes up or however many uh, but the fact is i actually have about 70 so, um, you know, that can be exciting if you're interested at all in going back in the archives. You know, it'll be like, um, you know, your old geology class where you uh, get to, you know, go back one layer at a time and uh, and discover what was happening 10 million years ago based on that layer of sediment that they found in the Grand Canyon or something like that. The only difference here is that you only get to go back until about January. So, so, 
you know, equally exciting, I think, anyways. So, just be aware of that. If you are subscribed to the show, you will be noticing those uh, new slash old episodes popping up uh, in your feed. And, you know, so if you listen to them without uh, examining the date on them closely, then uh, you may wonder why people are talking about, oh, I don't know, when Nebraska went to the Rose Bowl, for instance. You might wonder why they were talking about that. So just be aware, you know, if you don't want to listen to them, I'm not offended. But if you like the show, maybe it's interesting to, to go back and, you know, rehash. So that's it for today. I'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Hi, this is Nancy of Wake Up AM, Wake Up America podcast. Kathy, Meg, and I are proud to be members of the Progressive Podcast Network. Check out all of the great podcasts over at newmediarevolution.org. The Progressive Podcast Network. Stick a fork in the mainstream media because they're done. And if that leads to a fucking impeachment, then so fucking be it. Mm-hmm.